Welcome to episode 69 of Justifying the F Word, everybody. We are well, Why back. did you get super excited about that? That's a lot of episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. One up, one down. <laughs> no other reason. No other reason. So, Justify... Keep it classy, Quinn. I will. This is a family establishment. Absolutely. So, justifying the F word, standing for living your best life in your 40s and 50s, and the F word, standing for your 40s and 50s. Whoa. Not like on Christmas Story when he throws the bolts in the air and he's like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not like that. Fudge. Well, I can definitely tell the kids have been down here. We've had a slew of kids in and out of our house, and my headphones. Yeah, we came down to record, and we're like, hmm. hmm. That rule of them coming in uh, into the recording studio. Into our little <laughs> den of iniquity. Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, too, I have a... Uh, I have a fridge down here. It's a Marshall Amp fridge. So if you're on the internet, just Google Marshall Amp fridge. And it is probably the coolest thing we own in our house. But <laughs> why are you shaking your head? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's about the coolest thing we own in our house. So anywho, um, I uh, I told the kids, hey, just put all your drinks in there or whatever if you're watching movies. And I came down here and it looked like a landfill. There was... Yeah, like, they've, they've been living their best life. <laughs> there was, uh, <laughs> See, we have to podcast about living our best yeah. life. Our kids live their best life. So maybe it's like a the circle of life you're trying to go back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we had a fantastic Christmas. And we are, uh, as they would say on Elf, you know, when uh, the writer comes in and he's like, I got a certain idea. That I'm really stoked about. Are you allowed to even quote Elf? Because you, Elf is like, you always argue that it's not that great of a movie. Yeah, well, we know it's no Polar Express. And the rest of the family doesn't like Polar Express, besides Quinn. Elf is a one and done. Nope. Polar Express is like one time in your life, and I'm like, you're never getting that mm. 90 minutes back. That's because you can't hear the bell. I can hear the bell. No, you can't. It, it, the storyline. Okay, first the animation's horrible. Secondly, great bro, they have groundbreaking some, like, for its homeless time. dude on top of the train. It, this story, there's holes in it. There's holes. Just telling you. Okay. okay. Yeah. So anyway, we're moving on. All right. So we had a fantastic Christmas slash New Year's conglomerate. A lot of fun things went down. Um, really, really good times. But what I was saying is we are really stoked for this year and for our podcast. We already have some great interviews lined up and uh, we are getting after it. So I, I hope you guys are ready. Yeah. You guys aren't going to be able to handle <laughs> what we're going to just... What was what, coming towards you? What, what's coming down the pipe yeah. is legit. So um, I think pretty much everybody I talked to across the United States over the last three weeks has had a plague run through their house, like a biblical plague, like where like, dude, I haven't been this sick in years, like a three week sickness. So are you saying that you went out and you, you smeared... You know, lamb's blood lamb's above the blood door. Only over your door. Yeah, it was only over my door, but I was mainly sleeping in the office because you were. Yeah, it was only over your door. You were like, just pass, go to my wife, <laughs> go to her, go give her the plague. Well, I think the destroying angel knew that maybe you could handle it and I couldn't. Mm, yeah. That it would have been too much. I, I probably would have died if I had a cold. Probably. You had a Quinn level cold. It was serious. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure did. <laughs> Well, 
on that note, we just got back from a great trip. So our youngest brother, Brosif, he uh, qualified for nationals in skateboarding through the Castle Skateboard League, which is a national league. And he qualified in vert and in bowl and park. So just so you guys understand, like vert would be like the big half pipes that Tony Hawk skates, like the the ones that you stand up top and you're like, yeah, you're like, you, you can't pay me to go down that. No, no. And then the uh, like park mini bowl would be like skating a bowl. It's more like what you would see at your local skate local park. Skate park yeah. Not necessarily like the rails in the street section. That's a whole different discipline for those of you who aren't tied into it. But uh, trust me, we're learning and it was really fun and it was a great experience. So it was awesome because we got out there and the first day we got out there and it was straight to practice and we went to the half pipe for him to practice. So to understand what a vert ramp is, that means that there is a direct free fall before you catch it, meaning that it's not an automatic curve. Like you just drop. So, so that equals your wheels aren't touching for like a brief second. Like you, you have to just kind of like roll over and then you catch. And the one that he was on, it was it was two foot? Maybe even more. I don't know. I don't know. Nah, but yeah. what standing up top, I was up there with him looking down. It's kind of like when you're standing up on a cliff and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and kind of looking at it that as if uh, you dropped in, you just splat in the middle. And the, the crazy <laughs> thing was all these kids like from Florida, Colorado, none of them had ever skated anything that big. And it's actually, to put it in perspective, if you've ever seen clips of Tony Hawk's ramp in his warehouse... Or if you've watched the documentary till the wheels fall off, it is a half foot taller than that ramp. So it was, so he was pretty, uh, the biggest thing he'd ever dropped before was 10 feet. So, yeah, this, so it added four more feet, four more feet. And there were all these kids, a lot of them, it was the biggest thing they had ever. Yeah. So it was, it was all the emotions, uh, you know, definitely coming out of that weekend and watching your, your kid you know, going in and, and competing on a national stage and feeling all the feels and working through, you know, that fear, I think at moments of the, you know, what am I doing? (laughs) You you know, kind of deal. And, uh, and seeing them show up and then walking away, you know, being proud of, of their effort of what they put in and, and that it was just phenomenal to watch. Yeah. It was really fun. And we didn't have like, I mean, we didn't have an expectation that he would place or get in the yeah, top. Yeah, and I, I tell a lot of people it's not because we're like, oh, yeah, you know, but I think we've watched enough to realize this is really his first season um, competing. And for those, well, really competing. Like, yeah. really competing. Like, I want to do this. And for those, you know, if you're out there and you're like, wow, this is a lot of pressure on, on a, an 11 year old, um, it, it's one of those. We have three kids, they're all 100% different. And he is the one that is within an hour is dissecting how he can, he can move to the next level, like sitting down being like, Hey, what do you think if I train this much more? You know, it's like Quinn and I were like, we're along for the ride and just trying to finance your dream here. You know, (laughs) we baked a lot of cookies. We'll round back to that. But, um, anyway, so, uh, but it, it is really cool to see, uh, just kind of the dedication and that where a lot of people going out were like, so you don't think he's going to be in the top three. And we're like, most likely not, 
you know, but it's showing up on, you know, that amateur national stage and seeing, okay, one, where, where do I measure up? One, what is the competition like? And I think also trying your best walking away saying, okay, you know, I gave it hell. Yeah. And then coming back and saying, okay, how next year when I meet with these people, what do I need to yeah, do? Yeah, what do I need to do to level up? And the thing I think is the coolest thing, and I would compare this to to my daughter who does point ballet because she had a recital over the Christmas break, right before Christmas, and she was on point and um, point ballet where they dance on their toes, which seems diabolical. And, and again, on that one, people are like, are you a big dance family? Did you dance? I'm like, I never dance. I'm the worst dance mom this is a hundred percent. I can do her, the robot. You can. Yeah. But I mean, this is, this is her drive of working towards this goal and it's just awesome to see. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. But the thing I think that's so cool, whether it be the skateboarding or the point ballet is I think the lesson of going out there and being, it's all me. So I grew up playing team sports and I'll even liken this to even playing in a band, right? Is team sports. I was a defenseman in hockey. If the, if the forward got around me, there was a goalie, right? So I it, I wasn't so exposed. Well, and I think too, you know, I grew up playing really competitive soccer is Quinn and I were talking about this with a team sport. It's still, you feel all the feels, but you're like going into a tournament and you're walking out, you know, in the locker room being like, Oh man, but you have this team of people and two of our kids. It's like one of those, they've chosen this stage to perform, to be by themselves, you know what I mean? Like having that, I mean, they have a support team, but really it's, it's all eyes on them. And what I think is so cool about that though, is you learn that lesson that it's all you and you have to show up. And I think, uh, I don't know if I really learned that till my like mid thirties of kind of really realizing, Hey, there's no goalie back there. Like it's me and I have to show up. So I think that's so neat. And then whether it be our daughter uh, performing in front of hundreds of people doing point ballet or whether it be like Logan, when he when he skated in the park mini bowl, there was probably 500 people there watching. So you're all alone out there. And he splatted his first run. At yeah. The I mean, it was, like, even the announcer was like, are you OK? <laughs> but I mean, and it was he uh, went big. They they were able to have their own channel where you could watch it. And literally, Quinn and I will just tell you as parents, uh, we are both just are like just all the nerves the whole weekend. It was almost like when he was done competing, both of us went, <sighs> you know, and it wasn't because you're nervous you know, or this expectation, it was like, you just want them to be like, I put in this effort and be proud of their work. Yeah. Well, and that kind of leads us into our episode with it being a new year, right? We've talked a lot about goals. We've talked a lot about habits. We've talked a lot about um, enjoying the ride and such, but with the new year, what we've decided that we really wanted to talk about this go around is progression. And what I mean by progression is you don't become a Tony Hawk overnight, or you don't become a Tom Brady or a Mia Hamm overnight, but there is a huge degree of progression. And that I think is even more important than when you hit the top, because when you hit the top, you've mastered your art, but really the work, you know, the blood, the sweat, the tears. It's the journey getting there that a lot of times 
that's where the most self-growth, the moment of time of reflecting on yourself, your goals, all of that. Um, it's the progression, the journey. That's where all the change comes. So we had a little bit of time in the car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dri- <laughs> yeah. Driving back and forth to California. And we really wanted to talk about, we, we were talking about the podcast and as we were just kind of dissecting this, one of the things that came up in, in looking at progression and kind of what got this spurred on was we were talking about kind of the current education system. And we were talking about kind of the difference that we've had between teachers and, and Megan, do you want to, uh, explain this? Yeah. So where this kind of came up is hundred percent. I feel like anyone that is teaching out there, you are doing God's work. Like honestly, full support there. Um, but where this kind of came from was Quinn and I were talking about progression, like looking, you know, obviously this was after a weekend of looking at our son in this season, we were looking, talking about where he started at, you know, the middle of the year, he broke his arm really bad and, you know, kind of came back from that. And then his progression till this January. And so we kind of were, we're talking about school in the sense that we've had teachers that have done both. And I think that it's just kind of a reflection a lot of times to life. So a lot of times we all have the memory of going, or if you have your own children going to like a like a parent teacher conference. You just stressed me out. Yeah. Quinn gets <laughs> so stressed out every time, but, um, you go in and it definitely is talking saying, okay, this is grade level for, you know, reading math, science, all of these things. And you need to have a measurement. So I don't want you guys to think like, okay, I'm not one of those. That's like, let's give every single person a participation and not have grades. I, where I'm going with this is more, of saying, okay, you need to have it. It's not like if you go into a skate comp, not everybody should walk away a winner. There are people that, you know, they've leveled up, but there is a, you know, a platform literally that kids are working towards. But in school, we've had teachers go, go in and say, you know, we've had kids that have struggled with reading. Some that have really excelled is going in and saying, okay, this is where you started the school year. Wait, let's back up. Yeah. Okay. So we've had it where we've had a kid. No, that, I'm going to explain. Okay. Yeah. Right. So we've had it where, you know, one teacher um, will go in and say, okay, you started the beginning of the year and you were here. Now we're like three months down the road and you've progressed to this level. You are doing awesome. We're going to keep working. How's that going? Like with your reading at night, can we add five more minutes? Can we spend more time to work towards like your, you know, where we're working up to get as close or at our grade level? Yes. Or the goal is like, Hey, you've started here. You're here. You're doing awesome. I can't believe how much you progress. Here's our goal for the end of the year. Like this is where we want to end kind of tie everything up. Yeah. And just like you said, here are the steps to get there. Yeah. And saying, okay, well, what can we do? You're, you're, you're progressing. We're seeing change that's happening and that change is coming over, putting in the time and the work and, and some kids, it comes differently. 
We've had other times we've gone to parent teacher conference. You're stressing me out. I know. And we've gone in and it's been like, um, okay, your kid is like the grade level for reading is here and your kid's not there. And it's kind of like, okay, well I know. And a lot of times they, they like to have the kids there and I totally get it. But the kid just looks at and say, walking out, I've had that conversation in the car of I'm a failure. I was just going to say that, that when you say you're not here yet, it automatically dictates you failed. It would be like turning to our youngest and saying, you're not skating, doing the 900 like Tony Hawk. You failed, right? We're looking at saying, wow, like in a week you've progressed this much. Okay. Well, you want to master that trick. You need to spend more time, right? And so I'm not saying to take away that that way of, um, that level of learning. You still need the level. You yes. need to hit different metrics. There's no question about it, but really what it comes down to is how are you addressing the progression? Yeah. And I mean, to carry that over, if you sat in a room or even if you work, think about the people that are in your office, but think of like 10 of your friends as adults. If you sat them down not all 10 people are going to have the same exact skill set, meaning that you're going to have some of them that are accountants and they just annihilate math. They get it. They've seen the matrix, you know, all of that. And you're going to have someone else where I'm like, I'm just having a hard time, uh, like keeping my checkbook in balance, you know, and then you're, you know, vice versa. You're going to have different skills where it's, you know, understanding different subjects differently And so looking that and saying, okay, what is the progression like with your kid in school? Yes, there needs to be grades. And, you know, Quinn and I both talked about this, that there is some C's that I got in school. I worked 10 times freaking harder than I did for an easy A. And so looking at it of saying, okay, well, where, where are we looking at progression from where that that level that we started and small incremental changes to move towards the major goal. 100%. You know, I run a sales team and I could sit down and I could dissect everybody's strengths and weaknesses and they could do the same with me. For example, when we do our reviews, I ask the guys because we have a very open dialogue But when we do a review, the first thing I like to ask my team or one of my members of my team is, what do you think I'm going to tell you that you need to work on? And they will tell me exactly what it is because they know where their strength and their weakness lies. But then I also have the ability to say, I can't believe how far you've progressed. I can't believe how good you have gotten at this. And I know it's not your strength and it, nor should it should, nor should it be. There's a great book. I think it's either called. I'm going to get my numbers wrong, but I'm dyslexic. So that's okay. (laughs) It's episode 69. Is it a six or is it a nine? I don't know. (laughs) So it's a conundrum of sorts. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, I think it's either called the five working geniuses or the six working geniuses. And what they do, there's a few geniuses geniuses, in in there. Yeah. But what they do is they go through and they just, they go through and they ask everybody on their team what they hate doing and they find out what they love doing, and they find out that they're all kind of in different roles. But that's kind of a 
tangent. It's a good book if you're if you're looking for a way and you and you run a sales team. But the biggest thing is that you identify what people can do to be better, and that can be yourself, obviously, and then how you can begin to progress, to become along, to go to grow, and to achieve what you're really looking for. I I love that. I think that there is not enough celebration. And this is, you know, not just with kids. This is even as adults, I think not enough celebration out there and, and looking at the progress. It's like, if you take someone that is losing weight, they're like, I want to lose a hundred pounds. They, you know, you're seeing that person. Let's say you see them at the gym all the time and they're starting off. You're going to see small incremental changes in the way they look right? But they're not going to go from the weight they are to a hundred pounds, you know, and yeah, that's the goal. But I'm like, where's the celebration in the progression of, you know, their whole entire journey. And that's where Quinn and I got talking about, you know, I I think in progression is where you find the most about yourself. Mm -hmm. The the dichotomy of it all, though, is we assume when we're going to start something that failure is not an option, which is crazy because if, you know, having been a musician, trying to learn something, you're going to screw up a gazillion times. Like if you like, you know, having played in bands, if you're putting together four hours worth of music and you've got it all in your head by memory, odds are you're going to hit a wrong note unless you're doing it every single day. And last night, Megan and I watched with our oldest daughter, we watched uh, Till the Wheels Fall Off, which is pretty funny because she started skateboarding after that. Well, no, she's been yeah, skateboarding she's been all skateboarding, week. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it really lit a fire under her and it's been awesome to awesome to watch. But um, that's a story for another time. But uh, you see Tony Hawk working on the 900 and you see how many times he just splats. I mean, just splats, concusses himself, just... Just over and over. And it was... It, if you haven't watched the documentary, even I know we've talked a lot about skateboarding. It's on uh, Max. If, if highly, you're looking to watch it, highly recommend. Like I literally was in. I watched it twice. I've been in tears on both of them. But it was, you know, if you don't remember, it was a lot of people in our our you know the F word nation remember at the X Games when he pulled it, and it wasn't even when he was competing. That was what's so well, was and, so and cool. And the crazy thing is uh, he was at the X Games and he tried it probably 15 times before he stuck it. Yeah. Like it was supposed to be And he over. kept going. Everyone was just cheering. But it is the longest trick it took him to master. And I love the part in the documentary. It talks about, I mean, there's this scene where he's on the vert ramp and um, he keeps failing. And I mean, we're talking like, going down hard and he kept, you know, marching back up and he has just this game face on. And one of the, I think it's Lance mountain. He says, sitting there watching him, he was not beating himself up. He was sitting there looking at what small incremental thing he could change to land it. And it was like one of those that I was like, Oh, this is so profound because you know, I repeat this to our kids. It's kind of like one of our our mantras, mantras yeah. is the only time you fail is by not learning from your mistake, right? Is looking at it saying, okay, you're, you know, with my kids or our kids, I don't ever want them to feel I've got myself in so deep that I can't get out. 
because you can always get out Mm -hmm. of something. And so I thought you were going to say that our family mantra was we forgive, but we never forget. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's an arrested development. Yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, is looking at it saying, okay, like you're, you're not, the only failure is not to walk away and say, okay, what small thing can I change for next time to progress? Yeah. It's, you know, speaking of progression, uh, with my sales team that I work with, there's times stuff goes sideways. Right. And I always ask the guys, instead of getting mad, getting upset, being ticked off, we lost a job, whatever. My first question is, what did you learn? Like, explain to me what you learned from this experience. Because just like Tony Hawk on the ramp, every time he crashed, he's like, well, I did this. If I could do this a little bit differently. So, and he wasn't, I mean, obviously he was frustrated, you know, you're hawking yourself and each time you fail, it's not just like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't do that. It was physically, it hurt, you know, but he, instead of just letting it enrage, just pack up and be like, I'm a loser. He really just sat and dissected and say, okay, what can I do a little bit better next time? Or what can I tweak to do better next time. So think about that as you're on your journey of progression, you are going to fail along the way. Okay. And to start progression. Okay. So let's talk about this. Let's break it down in a few different steps. Let's start off first with the start. And Megan, do you want to talk about just the start? Because honestly, that's the hardest part, Yeah. Right? Is let's say whatever it is that you're like, I either want to get into doing something like I want to run my first race or I, you know, want to become an expert at this is. Well, and let's talk about in the effort years. Yeah. How scary that is because we don't want to be seen as failing. And then also anytime you start something like it's not weird for us to put our kids in anything new. Right. Nobody looks at that weird. But in your F word years, if you start something, everybody's like, well, that's weird. You're like, Like, why are you doing that? Like Megan has a good friend that started tap dancing. Yeah. And it was awesome. Like it was like one of those. I'm like, did you grow up dancing? She's like, no, I I took lessons in my 40s. But the first step like is the your your first step is progression. You made that choice. And as soon as you start that even small thing. If you're like, I want to become a runner, but I'm going to start walking around my neighborhood. Boom. That is progression, you know? And then you're like, maybe I'm going to a run walk, um, you know, and slowly moving towards, you know, adding and layering progression. It's like, if I've, I've worked as a running coach and if I have someone come to me and say, I want to get faster running, I'm not going to say, okay, well, what's your goal? And they're like, well, I want to run a mile at 530 and they're currently running a nine minute mile. I'm not going to say in a week, okay, you're going to run an eight minute mile next week. You know, it's going to be a small, we're talking, taking a few seconds off at a time and it's that progression, but celebrating as you go and having those metrics. So you can look at it and say, okay, well, two weeks ago I was here and now I move forward, you know? So I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay. Obviously when you start, okay. When you get going, there's a high degree of exposure 
And a lot of that exposure is completely self-imposed because it's like somebody coming to the gym for the first time, nobody, and I hate to tell you this, but nobody really cares if you're the, if you're there for the first time. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's that, but it means that the the spotlight isn't following you around. Yes. Yeah. That might be what's in your head. Yeah. Right. That might be, if I do this, everybody's watching me and nobody really cares. Like it's, you know, that it's just, it's self-imposed, but how, but I, but I do to argue with that. I'm not, I mean, the gym analogy, yes, but it is, there is a point in the F word nation where you start something new and people, there is that I, you know, I am going to stretch myself. I'm going to do something new that people will question. There's comments that happen. And I do think that happens. It's, I mean, going back to even the Tony Hawk documentary, this guy has been the top of the world skater. And there was a point where, you know, everything kind of skating fell out and he had the love for it and he kept skating and people constantly being like, dude, when are you giving that up? Why are you doing this? You know? And so I do think there is that, you know, that outside force where, but I think that that needs to change within, you know, us and how we are looking at other people. Are we recognizing their progression as, you know, they're moving forward? So here's my question I have for you. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about like, you know, obviously the exposure, but how do you get over that? Because, you know, all of us have talked to somebody. I had a great conversation with a lady in the sauna today who had talked about, you know, um, her kind of, kind of her, her path in life and where it had led her and how she was starting again. Um, and so she was obviously at that start point. So how do you dedicate yourself? So the exposure isn't as, defeating. I think that there is a level that you need to just hone in so much on your goal. And meaning that any time that you are really focused on that, there will be those outside people that are like, you know, the naysayers, the other people. Um and it's almost like kind of like a cheesy joke cuz I use this analogy or not analogy. I tell this story all the time. I've told it to, you know, our son over and over again. And as cheesy as it is, one of my favorite commercials, I know you're like commercials. Do we even see those anymore? But it was during, um, Michael, you want to make a joke? Go ahead. I was going to say, which Carl's Jr. Commercial yeah. was it? Was it the girl on the bull or was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out which that one was, it was. Yeah, it was my favorite. But anyway, it was during Michael Phelps, uh, last Olympics. And it was the ad was for Under Armour. I highly recommend. I've told so many people about this because it just is stuck with me ever since. And it goes in, in the commercial and it's just a song and it is him. And it's like, he's in the gym by himself. He's eating by himself. He's swimming by himself. And you can tell that there's a part where it's just like slight, slightly agonizing, a little bit and it goes through all of this and it's kind of the whole background is dark and it as it goes in his training the very end of it has him at the olympics and the the ad the slogan says what you do in the dark is what puts you in the light 
And so I think any time that you have a goal, there's part of it that you're going to have to be in the dark. You're going to have to have those moments of saying, I am going to prove them wrong. You know, I want to be this, like, you know, I, I put it out there and this year is going to be the year that I'm going to finish because it has started, but I want to become an author. And so there's part of it that I've told Quinn, I'm like, I'll have panic moments of like, what am I doing? What am I doing? But there is, you know, that time I have to spend alone in the dark, slowly progressing and working towards my goal. And so my goal is just to, you know, publish my book. I don't have this metric so I can reach my goal, but I have to take those small incremental progression of sitting down, doing the work, not having this whole stand of people's being like, oh, hell yeah, Megan, you know, you're, you know, because I've never done it before. So I got to be in the dark. And then, you know, hopefully, obviously, if you're doing anything, you want to have like your, your, you know, people that like it, but it's what you do in the dark that puts you in the light. Um, what I was going to interject and say is I can't imagine the worst part about the Michael Phelps commercial is getting in the pool in the like early <laughs> in the does. morning it some, when it's freezing yeah. cold. Cause uh, Megan and I have both done a bunch of triathlons and I'll tell it, you, it's all nice in the summer, but once it gets cold, whoa. well, you're like, I don't want to get in the pool. Why do I want to triathlon? And, and it's fine after about four laps. But like when you first get in, you're like, Ugh. yeah, so that's pretty miserable. So but like I said, you, you can look it up on YouTube. I know it's cheesy. I, and it's one of those, but it is stuck with me for years like that whole kind of slogan, because I, I think it stands true, not just on an athletic stance. It, it can be whatever it is that you're like, I want to work on making me, not my neighborhood, you know, not that the next person, it is making you a better person. So Megan just said she took the possessive, right? Look at me. Dropping English terms. Whoa. So what's a noun? What's a verb? No, don't kidding. do that to Quinn, me. <laughs> Quinn, Quinn always tells her kids, he's like, I literally, that was so confusing. You know, the weirdest thing about that though, I understand English better when I learned how to speak Spanish. I don't know why. Claro que si, but, hermano. But understanding, like learning a different language was way easier to understand the rules of English, like hmm. what different terms meant. Interesting. Okay. So we talked about, Megan just said the possessive. She said, I, me. And uh, if you think about the Green Day song, I Walk Alone. Oh, yeah. That is probably the, so we talked about the start, start of your progression, but let's just talk about the middle ground, right? That's where it gets murky. That's where it there, gets murky. That's you know, the, when you start, you're hyped up. And I think or, you in the middle, you get kind of like, why am I, you yeah. know? Well, yeah. I think we, you know, you talked about how people will be against what you're doing or kind mm -hmm. of make fun of it. There's also people that'll hype you up. For sure. But, There's both. There's both. But, but it doesn't. But it's easier sometimes to focus on the negative. Yeah. And, and, it, and it doesn't continue. And there's kind of this weird thing of like, you either get support or negativity when you start. You hit the middle and usually the people around you forget, right? Or they're just disenchanted with it. And then when you actually hit something, 
then everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon or celebrate. Having played in a band, it's funny because like you'll play and nobody cares. I was the band aid. You were the band aid. I kept the band together. <laughs> you did Just a great so you job. Know. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the inside of my van? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I sure have. Obviously, I have three kids with you. I've seen the inside of the van. Van. Oh, so any- I got a fluster. Okay. Anyway. So anyway, as as they said in Green Day, there comes a point where you walk alone and you don't have a hype squad. And if anything, it's it's more negative feedback of. Can you believe they're still doing this? Or can you believe they're doing that? And one important lesson I learned from, I just observed from playing music, people are like, oh yeah, haha, whatever. Then all of a sudden you start gaining some success and all of a sudden other people start talking about it. Um, You're actually actually pretty good. (laughs) Um, If you've tuned into other episodes, we've talked about how the word actually Take it out of your dialogue. It is the most offensive. Yeah. It's like the, like slapping someone across the face in like, it's just a backhanded compliment. Those who have listened to us before, like I used to get this all the time where people who hadn't seen the band play would show up. They'd be like, you guys are actually good. Like I thought you'd be the worst. But by saying that they're like, I assumed you would suck worse than. And, And you just have to smile, grin and bear it and be like, Thanks, You're like, man. I've just spent a lifetime dedicating yeah, yeah, myself. Yeah, but-, but going back to I walk alone, it's it's a lonely path. And because it's a lonely path, it is very, very simple. And because nobody else is spotting it for you, it is very simple for you to fall into a depression or not necessarily a depression, but get discouraged that you're not making advancements. So you're sitting there saying, okay, I'm working on this. I'm working on this. I'm working on this. And because it's alone, there's a lot of times that we're not taking stock of where we actually started. And there is always in everything I've ever done, there's always a uh, eureka, if you will, or breakthrough moment, right? Where you've worked, you've struggled, you've fought for it, you've tried to get it together. And then all of a sudden it breaks, you know, for example, whether if it's in sales, you've tried so hard, you've hit your head against the wall. And then all of a sudden you land the big deal. It it comes together. And then you also have it where like, if it's running, you feel so stagnant and you're like, I can't get faster. And then you break through it. Or like if it's skateboarding, it's like, you know, with like, like with brother Brosif, it's like, I can't get this trick. I can't. Oh, I got it. Well, and I think there's times too, is with anything, you'll see people that are, are further ahead, you know, like in their advancement. And so I think there's part of it that you need to stop with the comparison and look behind and see how far you've come. You know, and been like, wow, okay, I started here and now I'm progressing here. Obviously, you know, either they've been at it longer or maybe stuff comes a little bit more natural or they're putting in more work. And so instead of, you know, tearing yourself down, like I said, is look at like the road that you've traveled so far, you know, and if it's one of those that you're like, man, that person started when I have go to them and say, Hey, I'm along the same journey. And I've seen like, congrats, like I've seen you progress. What, you know, how much time are you putting in? Like what, what's your, your, your trick? What is, uh, the key to your success that you've seen instead of just looking at going, well, they're devaluing me because I think so many times we look at other people and that's not our worth. It's not, 
it's, it's not showing that we're not successful. And so, um, don't let that define you. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, uh, I like hiccuped and sneezed at the same time. <laughs> anyway, it goes wow, back. That got- <laughs> yeah, it goes back to what you talked about at the very beginning on, on, uh, reading, right. Uh, for you might, I remember our oldest daughter got invited to a birthday party before she was in kindergarten and it was a diary of women. Yeah. And this kid had read the entire series and like, and she couldn't even read the word the, the, yeah. even though we had two so, years, three, two and a half, three years of preschool under her belt. Now. <laughs> yeah. It, but by the time she was in fourth grade, she could read at a college yeah, level. Yeah. So, but they gave everybody books and it was just funny because you, you know, different, like that kid, Genius, like as far as reading goes, he nailed it. And, you know, like our son is a great skateboarder, but he's not Tony Hawk yet, you know, by any means. Or, you know, Megan loves to run, but she's no Usain Bolt. Like yeah. it's, it's also to look at the situation. That's or if you, offensive. Yeah. Or if you're going to the gym, I'm not going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Megan's not going to look like Giselle. Like, you know, you need to also go at it with a metric that saying like, okay, here is where I'm at. And we're all individuals and all of us are cut and and set out to do very specific, great things. And that does not mean that if one person progresses further in something than you, and you can put the same amount of effort in, you know, we've talked about this, like I got a C in physics and I've never studied harder in my life. And I would have done very immoral things at a truck stop just to get an A. <laughs> like, you know, I did short of that. I did everything I could, which funny story. I did have a friend of mine and I'm not going to say who it is, but I had a friend of mine that had a college professor that he was like, Hey, can I get some extra credit? And so he'd say, yeah, if you'll come do work at our house. And, uh, so he'd do yard work, but he'd be like, Hey, you guys should take your shirts off. So he'd go over there and there would be, like, I'm uncomfortable. There'd be like six guys doing extra credit work, doing, doing yard work in their house. And then now that he's a little older, he's like, I think I was being groomed. He's like, uh, okay. Okay. Um, one of the things too, about progression is, I mean, we've used big examples, you know, of obviously, you know, professional athletes and all of that is realize too that it doesn't always have to be this grandioso thing. Like not every single person. I mean, you could have, you know, kids that are spending every waking second on skateboarding. It doesn't mean that every single one of them is going to progress no matter how hard they're working to be Tony Hawk. That's not trying to be like, okay, don't dream big. That's not what I'm saying is set realistic goals you know, and progression, you know, it would be like if Quinn came out, not Quinn, I'm not going to use you. I'm going to use myself. But if it was like me that said, you can, you can use me. uh, I'm usable. Yeah. But if Quinn, you know, being in his effort years was like, okay, well I am going to be Tony Hawk. You know, you're like, okay, well, why don't we just learn to skate, you know, and just have fun. You know, talking about when you smashed my bobsled dreams, you guys need to understand. (laughs) There's a few things that Quinn has come forward with and It's just out of left field like one of them there's nothing left field about yeah it is like you had never talked about bobsledding doing the bobsled and then we went up and we were touring in park city you can go it's like this museum for the olympics but it's it's at the olympic bobsled track so we walk up and they have this bobsled and he's like i think i could go to the olympics for the bobsled and he is like 40 at the time 
And let's just say Megan. And he was like, I could devise a team. And I was like, you know, it reminded me on that scene in Anchorman when he, when she said that she wanted to be an anchor and Will Ferrell's like, I thought it was funny. I in wrote, fact, it was so funny. I wrote it in my journal. That that's how you reacted to it. Yeah, and the life. other one out of left field that we've had a heyday with is Quinn one day was like, out of nowhere, we weren't even by water at the time was like, I think I could be a pirate. I would have made a really good pirate. I, and you need to understand Quinn, anytime he gets on moving water, throws up. And yeah, all of that. But it's just, yeah. So Quinn I, always- I believe it is the cannons don't thunder. There's nothing to plunder. <laughs> I'm an over 40 victim of fate. Yeah. But that this this is probably why Quinn likes to call me Wendy from Peter Pan because she crushed- Peter Pan's dreams. He was living in eternal childhood bliss, <laughs> just having a good time with his homies. Yeah. And then Wendy made him choose. Yes. But yes, setting realistic goals, but also don't let other people determine. And again, I'm going to go back to the Tony. You guys should really just well, watch the. Can I just interject? I want to put a point in before we move past this point is we talked about, uh, the possessive I and me, when you're measuring yourself, that's your measurement stick is where you want to end mm. up with I and me. It doesn't mean that if you're not, you know, a uh, Victoria's secret model by the end of your workout, that that's, that's, you still did something great and healthy for yourself. So measure yourself against yourself. And then as you continue to level up, then you can start measuring yourself against people that are within your same category. And then you can look to surpass that if you'd like to, but don't sit there and set such a high standard that you honestly precondition yourself to failure. Yeah. And I think what, what I was going to use as an example is, you know, and making that joke that probably you should just go watch the documentary. But if they, if you flash back to Tony Hawk, when he was a kid, even his coaches were like, he was weak. He wasn't strong. He was not coordinated. And it's all these things. And then he would go to competitions and people would just make fun of him. You know, and you're looking at it going, dude, this is, you know, everybody knows who he is. Like across the board, whether you know it or not. And it's, I think a lot of times you look at, uh, you know, athletes, they're a great example. Um, who's the other one that we use for football? Tom Brady, um, Tom Brady, if you watch his combine video, he was the slowest. They told him that he would never be in the NFL and in all of that. But with all of these examples was they put their head down and they kept working hard and being like, okay, you know, every day getting 1% stronger, better, faster, working smarter. You know, I use this analogy in the sales world as I ask my guys, are you hunting or are you gathering or gardening? I say gardening too, because really at the beginning of the sales cycle, every- is, it, is this like one to go into the Brazilian steakhouse? Oh, dude, we used to, when I wore a younger man's clothes, if you haven't gone to a Brazilian, like uh steakhouse, what they do is they just feed you as much as you can handle. Like you have a little card that you flip over. And the first time we went, like, I'm not like, I have no, no, nothing opposed to me, but I'm not like this big meat eater. And, um, it was the kind of, we went 
And we were like in our 20s. So it's like you're throwing down some coin. And I get this plate and I start walking over to the salad bar and Quinn's like, you're going to fill up on rabbit food. You were like so stressed out that I wasn't going to want to eat anything else besides the salad. <laughs> That's why Megan doesn't come to the Brazilian steakhouse. With yeah, us. I don't usually. Go so there. what we used to do is we'd bring in a scale and we'd all throw money in the middle of the table and we'd weigh ourselves before we ate. And then whoever had the most amount of weight gain during the uh, delicious <laughs> get the meat sweats. <laughs> mm. Delicious. And those are, are a true thing. The meat. Sweats. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you I, I, I've coached and worked in fitness long enough to know there is a thing of the meat sweat and the alcohol sweat, like where people come in and I'm like, Ooh, you had a really good Saturday night. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that is good. Hunter or gatherer okay. or gardener. So going back to hunter, gatherer or gardener is when you start out a sales cycle, you're hunting. So meaning that you have to develop those relationships. You have to put in the work. And then you essentially, when you get a client that you have on board, you switch to a gardening or gathering phase where just like you plant your, the hardest part is tilling the ground, right? Putting your seed in and then you start getting zucchinis to make delicious zucchini bread, which I love making quick breads, by the way. That's a fun fact. Whether it be banana bread, zucchini bread, I happen to quite enjoy that. You sure I do. I sure do. And I enjoy that you enjoy it. <laughs> delicious. But anyway, so you start doing that. And then what happens is you just stop hunting altogether and you go to a gardening phase. And then all of a sudden, let's say your ground goes stale or stagnant because you've used all the minerals out of it. You haven't fertilized it. And all of a sudden you're, you no longer have plants and they won't grow and they start dying. So when you're looking at progression, I think it's very important to look at it and say, okay, am I hunting or am I gathering? Meaning there's a good, there's a good mix of both. So you're going to start, you're going to get yourself through the middle and then you're going to plateau, you know, and that could be anything from, guitar playing, you could learn your basic chords and a scale, or it could be running where you're like, okay, I've, I've, I'm locked in at a 10 minute mile. Is this like on Oregon trail where you like have all your provisions in the wagon and then you reach a point where you're like, oh no, we don't have food. And then it's the most awesome part of the game where you go you hunting go hunt, and then you die of dysentery. Yeah. But you have like the little like pew, 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 like, yeah, yeah. But the point is, is so if for, you know, part of this episode, we want to address the people that are looking to start. Now I want to address the people that are in their progression journey and ask yourself, are you still hunting? Meaning, have you gotten to the point where you're kind of at your goal, but not really, and you've gotten enough Are ask yourself, like, am I gardening or am I hunting? And maybe you just need to tweak one thing. Maybe you need to go out and hunt a little bit and that will invigorate you and keep you going and push you up to the next level. Like, for example, we've talked a lot about skateboarding, but seriously, we went to so many skate parks and have just, I, it's been, and um, we got back like two months, like a few days ago, like four or five days ago. And I'm still having skateboard dreams, like being there because yeah. it was that many hours of just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the point is ask yourself that question. And I think if you're honest with yourself, you'll know. And if you are gardening at 
the the scariest thing about gardening is when you stop progression, that's when you start going backwards. You become a little worse and a little worse. So continue to hunt. So now the last thing we want to address is the celebration of progression. So Megan, talk about like Logan's placement, how he wrapped up in the celebration of that. Yeah. So you mean celebration like with our family? Like, what do you mean? No, like in how far he had come. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, So, you know, obviously we started talking about this whole, you know, kind of progression subject around, you know, our son and the coming off of this event. But he started off this season being very timid and... Um, to talk a lot about it, because we spent a lot of time about yeah, at skate parks. You know, I'm there. That's where I do a lot of my reading. But he started off, and I remember one of the biggest changes was in August was a big change. So this to break down, it's January right now. So if you're watching this or listening, I should say, later is we went, I went down for him to practice for the skate comp and we got in the car and he was like, I am not dropping in the big bowl. It's like a, um, the big side of it is 10 feet. How, how big do you think? Maybe seven, six, seven feet Yeah. on the other, it's that, probably seven, but cause... it's like one big bowl. Yeah. Probably seven. Cause it's a little bit of a stretch. And so, um, he was like on the car. He's like, do not ask me. We're not talking about the big bowl. I am not going in it. It scares me and I'm not ready for it. And I was like, cool, dude. Cool. So we go and we get there and he gets settled in and he's skating the small bowl um, and doing his thing, like figuring out his thing for uh, the competition that week. And then he looks over, he sees some kids and he's like, kind of watch them. He walked over, watch them. And next thing I know, he was like, I'm going to try it. And he dropped in and instantly was like, wow, that was scary, but I did it. Right. He took that first step and then he got back up there and he's like, okay, now that I've done it, what can I add on to it? And he literally went from arguing, telling me not even to talk about it to Saturday competing in it. Um, and he would only go in the shorter side of it the bowl. Um, but he took third place in it at that competition. And, um, and then he was like, I'm not dropping into the big part of the bowl. That was like the next progression. And so I kept being like, what do you think about it? And he's like, no. And it was November. The first time he dropped anything that big, 10 feet into this bowl. And now he, and then became obsessed. Like once he was like, I took that first step and did it. Then he was like, what can I layer and add on to it? Which is really fun because it's like an hour and a half away from our house. Yeah. So yeah. That obsession means but, I mean, lots if, of driving. If people live <laughs> in different, bigger cities, they're going to be like, yeah, that's nothing. Um, and then so for us to look at it and be like that he um, qualified for nationals was November was the first time that he ever dropped anything super big. And then we found out that it was a 14 foot vertical uh, drop ramp. Yeah. Yeah. And he never dropped it until the day before. And there was a moment where he was up there and it was, they, you know, they call it snaking where people like, you know, you're getting ready to go and they won't let you go. And he probably only got four times ever 
doing it and he never dropped anything that big. So he dropped it. We were like, that's awesome. And then he was like, okay, what can I add on to it again? And he only had four times he came up and there was a moment, there was a fence and he came up and I could tell he was like literally on the verge of tears. And I was like, what's up, bud? And he's like, there's so much better than I am. And I was like, okay. And I, this was a moment where, you know, I got down on my knees, we're looking eye to eye. And I'm like, I want you to, to look back at this summer. And he's like, okay. And I was like, tell me what you were doing in this month. Tell me what you were doing. Tell me the first time you dropped into this bowl. And he was like, well, it was August. What was the first time you did this? It was November. I'm like, we're here two months later on a national stage. And he was like, okay. And I'm like, so be proud of where you've come that step. You might not be doing those, the same thing that the, these other kids, these few over here, but you're doing things that there's kids that are going to look at you being like, wow, I'm impressed that he's doing that. Or the fact that just looking at it equaled sheer death in my eyes. Yeah. And so, um, that's where kind of really this whole thing, you know, we've talked a lot, Quinn and I about it and why we wanted a podcast was that moment of saying, okay, let's look at that road behind and let's celebrate the progression. Yeah. And did he win? No. I mean, he placed ninth in vert and 11th in park mini bowl, but it was a colossal win, you know, yeah, and I think as a far lot as of, progression. Yeah. Goes. And I think a lot of people were like confused, like you guys are making this big celebration of it. And I was like, no, I'm celebrating this because it is the progression. You know, it's like, cool. I will celebrate as big if he places down the road, but I want him to always look at it and be like, what's the work I put in? What, how did I progress? Where did I start the year or the cycle of whatever change I'm wanting to? And looking back and being like, you know, like how far I've come. And that is the celebration, obviously like winning and placing that is awesome too. celebrate that. I'm not saying not to, but look at it, you know, where is that growth? And we need to celebrate that more. So in conclusion, the last step that I want to talk about or that we want to talk about is it is so easy to tear somebody down that's on their progression journey. It's so easy to make fun of it, but it's also just as easy to celebrate somebody. Well, I honestly think it almost takes more energy. Yes. And it takes more of you to sit there and be like, especially if they're doing something that you're like, I probably should be doing that. Yeah. And so I I look at that and I'm like, you know, it doesn't have to be your thing. It could be something that you're like, I am so wildly uncomfortable. It's nothing I would choose to do. But remember, that is what makes us, us is, or you, you is we're not made to be the same exact cut of every single person. You know, that's why look at it and be like, okay, what drives you? What makes you want to be a better person? And celebrate as you are becoming more and more and you're moving closer to that goal of the person that you wanted to, you know, evolve into. But if you see others that are making those changes, celebrate it, celebrate it. And if you don't understand it, get curious before you get judgmental, ask them the why. Yeah. And be like, well, why does this drive you? Or like, well, this is cool. Like, explain to me why explain to me what made you want to do this like well and it was it was at the uh, we met um 
a family when we were out there and talking to them, the moms. And she said, I've never competed in any sport growing up. So I do not understand why they do what they do. And I, and I even told her, I said, I play competitive sports and, you know, and in running being a individual sport, I said, even to this day, there's moments where you get up there and you have the fear, you have the adrenaline and you're like, why am I doing this to myself? But then you, you show up for yourself. And I think that you, you find a little bit more out about yourself and that is what it's about. I mean, it is, it's great to win. It's great. All of that. Um, but I think some of my biggest, uh, aha moments or growth moments within myself have been where I'm like, they were the hardest to show up for myself. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, get my personal best or whatever, but I was like, dude, I am damn proud that I showed up and how far I've come. What is the sweet irony of this situation is, uh, for example, if you read Dave Gruel's biography, one of the things he talks about, which is phenomenal, phenomenal, by the way, absolutely amazing. Dave, if you're listening, we hope you are. Yeah. Jump on the podcast, but <laughs> just, just reach out. <laughs> just at, do it. Just, just do justifying it. the F word at gmail.com. We'll get you on buddy. I think we can make some space. <laughs> but the thing I loved about Dave Gruel is he was talking about the early days of Nirvana when they were all living in like one bedroom and, and they had like, literally they were living off like a buck 50 yeah, a day. Just, they had micro, they were microwaving ramen. It was like, and he looked back at that and then nevermind came out and they were the biggest band in the world at the time. And as Megan would say, there were no mud, honey, right? Nope. I don't. I was a diehard Nirvana <laughs> fan, but anyway, uh, they were, and he talked about how lonely it was and how, he longed for those days of, he wanted that back, that experience. He wanted the progression. Like he loved the progression so much that even though they hit their absolute like mountaintop, he wanted that progression. And it was interesting because even Tony Hawk on that documentary, what we watched last night, you're seriously just going to have to watch this. Yeah, we've yeah. said it a few times, yeah. but literally like till the wheels fall off is the name. If of it. you haven't watched it, it's just one of those that you're going to walk away being like, wow, I learned a lot, but also so motivated. But there's this part where he stops competing because he's just winning everything. And he talks about how he wanted to be number one. But it was so lonely once he got there that everybody was showing up was like, well, and they almost weren't trying. They weren't trying. And so he took some time off and learned a bunch of new tricks and then came back and found the love of it again. But the point being is those are a few examples. And trust me, when you hit a goal, it's awesome. It's really amazing. But really, when you look back at it, you look back at where you struggled and that's where you place the value because you you were when it comes easy, the value isn't necessarily as high. Yeah. So in conclusion, guys, as you start out this new year, as you're diving into your new goals or your new habits, think about what we've talked about today. Think about progression. Think about the start. Think about the loneliness. You know, when you're in the middle, that it's I and me, it's you, you're doing it for yourself. And then think about, I can do this. I'm almost there. And look back, and when you do get discouraged, look back and see how far you've come. Second, everything you just said. 
<laughs> you just wrap that up like a bow. Guys, a bow. in conclusion, we'd love it if you guys would show some love to uh, Logan's sponsor, which is rockwelltime.com. We have a great discount code for you guys. If you go on there, they have everything from... It's sun- Rockwell. Yeah. Yeah, rockwelltime.com. Yeah. And uh, they have everything from really cool watches to customizable at that as well, to socks, to sunglasses, ski goggles, backpacks. They're a really great, cool company who sponsor a lot of really cool athletes. So um, you can use, for 20% off, you can use our son's discount code, which is Logan Brown 20 Or is it just Logan20? It's just Logan20. Sorry, Logan20, L-O-G-I-N. 20 for uh, 20% off at rockwelltime.com. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us here in this F Word Nation. We're super excited for the year and uh, get up progressing. Yeah, keep it classy. <laughs> <laughs>